0: Hello and welcome to episode 121 of Together BHA. My name is Josh, uh, as always, and I will be going through uh, some Albion news today, uh, as well as the the game yesterday against Leicester City, um, and a look ahead to uh, to the next kind of, what, 10 games? Um, Albion have 11 games to, to save their bacon. Um, not a great week, again. Um, for a number of reasons before we even get to the, the Albion result yesterday. Um, first things first, uh, we do have uh, some information on the Amex capacity. So this is the one small piece of good news for, for when everything slowly returns back to more normality uh, over the summer um, which is something I expect. Or, um, that you know, I'm hoping that that over the summer we're going to see that return to normality from this uh, this pandemic. Um, the club has received council permission for capacity of 30, 32,500 from next season. Uh, what division that will be in is an incredibly good question. Uh, but for now, um, we will be able to then have a, a total capacity of 32,500. Um I'm very interested to know where they're going to shove those seats because it felt like it's been full to the brim uh, since we filled in the corners. So um, I'm interested to see where they're going to put them. Um, maybe we'll be able to ask Paul uh, in a couple of weeks um, when I uh, when I come to some really exciting news uh, next week on the show. Uh, but let's just say Paul Barber may well be able to give us some information personally. Um and genuinely, it's not just Paul Barber as a guest on the show. We uh, we've got something much bigger lined up. Uh, so, in terms of the bad news, though, um, there's plenty of it. <laughs> uh, Rebecca Stott, Albion player for the for the women's team, um, has been diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, she's flown back to Melbourne to start that treatment. Um, and you know, I'm sure that I am, uh, speaking for everybody here where I wish her the very best, uh, and, and a speedy recovery, um, and you know, go ahead and, uh, and, get the treatment that you need um, and, and hopefully move on to a, a full recovery and we see you back at the Albion soon. Um, stuff like that is, uh, is a real bitch to, uh, to, to have happen to you um, at any time or any place um, in the middle of a football season, in the middle of a pandemic, uh, when you're doing what you love. Uh, it must be very brutal to, to have that pop up um, so unexpectedly. Uh, in terms of uh, another injury, um, obviously not anywhere near to the to the levels of severity of that. Um, Terry Lamptey has had another setback ahead of the Leicester visit. He had a specialist, uh, I believe, appointment on Wednesday or Thursday of this week. Um, and he's now ruled out to possibly the end of the season. Um they, uh, Potter is is not at all um, confident that, that he will show up again this season. He's very much worried that that, that may well be the end of Tarek Lamptey this year. Um, and I can't help but wonder if that's the end of Tarek Lamptey as an Albion player. Um, if if he does not play again this season um, and, and we were not to survive, I can't see any future in which Tarek Lamptey plays championship football. Um, so we, you know... Whatever game it was that we last saw him may well be the, the last game we see Tarrant Lamptey in an Albion shirt, um, which is really brutal uh, because it, he, he truly is one of those. He's going to be the, one of the biggest what could have been stories for us possibly ever. Um, if he goes on to have the career we're thinking he will. Um, Joel Veltman, obviously, has been a superb sign-in. I have been uh, waxing lyrical about him now for as long as I can remember. Um, he's been such a good player for us all year long, um, adapted to the Premier League so well. Uh, but but Tarek Lamptey is, is you know, he is really a superb player. Um, and uh, And without him... You know, we we really have suffered, um, which is which is nuts uh, to think that a right wing back can be that influential, but he has been um, because we've we've not been the same team. Without him, uh, we have looked better with him in the side. Uh, My mid-season grading uh, a couple of weeks ago, or months ago now, good God, it's gone so quickly, um, covered just how important he was. Uh, I'm not sure what episode that was, but the mid-season review, uh, if you were to go back and listen to it, I I throw some stats out there that that tells you just how important, impactful uh, he can be on the game when he plays um another player that that also has that effect is adam lallana um and and i was very 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 happy to see him start yesterday uh, against leicester city um if you've been listening to the show the last couple of weeks every single guest that i've had on the show uh, has agreed wholeheartedly with myself uh, that adam lallana if fit needs to be starting games um we've paid an awful lot of money to this man uh, to be sitting on our bench and riding our bench and coming on for a couple of minutes Uh, he needs to be starting games if he's fit I expect to see him start next week I expect to see him start the week after that and I expect to see him start in game 38 he should be starting every single game if he's fit we're paying him a lot of money and yesterday proved that he's still very much an influential player at this level and can be very very good for a team of our Stature at this point. Um, in terms of the starting eleven itself, there was very little else changed uh, in the overall look of things. Um, we stuck with four at the back, uh, and the only change was Connolly out for Lilana. Lilana did end up playing much more kind of up top than than I expected him to. I'll be honest. I expected uh, it to be kind of an in behind move, or or maybe part of a front three with Trossard, uh, which it kind of was at times. Um, But it it really did kind of become more of a a 4-2-2-2 with Trossard and Gross uh, and and McAllister kind of rotating. um, And then Bissouma holding back as the anchorman. uh, And Mopai and Lallana very much up front. Uh, Veltman at right back. White and Dunk at centre-half. Dan Burn at left back. And and Sanchez in goal. The game itself uh, was, as you would uh, feel like, is typical Albion at this point, very much a game of two halves. Uh, the first half was, was very much all Albion. Um, we, were, we were much the better side. Uh, we had four shots. Um, we had one on target. They had three shots, two on target, but their XG was pretty poor. Um, we strung the ball together pretty well. Uh, we allowed them possession uh, in, in non-dangerous areas. They had a lot of the ball in their third in the middle of the park. Um, they didn't do a huge amount with it going forward. Um, we dominated them in tackles, we dominated them uh, when it came to pressuring and, and pushing them high up the pitch. Uh, and, and you know we were we were great value for the lead at, at half time. Um, I thought that the the entire start that we had was very good. Um, we were we were pressing them high. We were doing very well. Uh, Lalana was causing all sorts of problems. Pascal Gross was playing some great balls in behind. Uh, Mopai was linking up very well. Um, yeah, I, I was very happy with what I was seeing. McAllister looked strong. Uh, looks quick. Um, he looked very much up for it. Veltman and Bern uh, were not pushing as far forward, um, which made me feel a lot better as well because of how fast uh, some of those Leicester players are. Uh, Vardy, uh, Pereira, Tavares, uh, you know, these players are rapid. Um, so I was very, very happy to see Byrne and Veltman sitting back a little more. Um, and, and in the second half, you know, It was very much uh, all over Twitter, all over social media. Everybody was saying the same thing. Same again, please, Albion. Uh, Just keep it up. Keep doing what you're doing, and and we may well get a result here. Um, Unfortunately, that's not what happened. Um, Leicester had some conversations at half-time, had a real kick up the arse, I suspect, from Brendan Rodgers, and came out uh, playing a much higher tempo, pressing us as much as they were pressing us, Uh, and... Unfortunately, the Albion slowly but surely sat back and became camped in their own half. Um, and that that is always going to be a recipe for disaster for any team, but especially the Albion, uh, because we are shocking at, at that kind of stuff. Um, we allowed them 65% possession. Uh, our pass success percentage went down. Uh, our tackles won went down. Uh, our ability to dispossess them dropped down significantly. Um, we also, you know, obviously had a lot less shots in the game. Uh, in that second half, we had three shots, one on target. They were allowed five, um, and and their xG was was hugely more impressive in that second half than it was in their first. Um, they really were allowed to to dominate the game. Um, Soyun Chu uh, was very much making runs um, of the same kind of level that we see Adam Webster make. Um, he was allowed to maraud forward um, into that area, into dangerous areas, um, and and the goal, the goal had been coming. Um, I was I was really hoping we were going to make a change sooner than later. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't. Um, and let's talk about that because the Albion, I've seen a lot of criticism online that that Potter is not making changes quick enough, um, and I agree with it. Because I was asking for substitutions yesterday, just bef- just before the goal, really. Um, because I feel like we could all see it coming. Uh, what I have a problem with is that, I, not even a problem. I'm just I'm curious as to why Potter doesn't do it. Um, is he is he genuinely unable to to read what's happening on the pitch? Um, because. His, his substitutions over the last two seasons um, have told me that, that he's very aware of what's going on the pitch. Um, because the changes he makes, usually, not all the time, but usually are for the better. Um, and they they address problems or they address issues. Um, the problem is they come too late. Um you know, many a substitution in the past two years has resulted in us getting an equalizer um, or something to that effect. And I, I can't help but wonder if he... I don't know if it's because he doesn't know and he really just doesn't realize what's happening in front of him, or if he's issuing instructions to the players that are already on the pitch and believing that they have the ability to adjust on the fly to what they're seeing in front of them. Um, I think the last two years have shown that this team and this this player base in general do not have the ability to change as quickly and as fluidly as Potter wants them to. Um, this is something we're going to be talking about a lot, I think, in recent in the coming weeks and, and even today. Uh, I think what Potter is, is hoping they're going to do um, and how they're going to adjust is is not the reality for the players we have. Um, And the reason I say this is because if you look back at his time in Sweden and his time at Swansea, just briefly, um, you know, with the Swansea games, I've got to be honest, the FA Cup was the main piece of kind of source there. Um, You saw Graham Potter make substitutions and and tactical changes to deal with much better sides on the fly and and get results. Um, And... I just wonder if the caliber of player we currently have at the club is just simply not capable of making those adjustments to a, a, uh, an acceptable level. Um, and if that's the case, you know, then, then what is, what is the answer? Um, I think the answer is probably we, we do make those substitutions quicker. Um, I think that while his, uh, his faith in the 11 out there is, is admirable. Um, and it's very much comes down to that man management stuff that Graham has. Uh, I I don't think it's working and we're seeing it quite often lately uh, when managers come out with a secondary second half game plan and we don't adjust quick enough. Um, I think that it's very obvious that if, if Potter isn't able to read it, then obviously he's not the manager. I thought he was, but everything that, Tells me about his past and what I see and the substitutions he's made that have worked like stupidly well tells me that that he is seeing it to an extent. So my my worry is that he's showing too much faith in the team um, and, and I think he needs to start making changes sooner than later um, in terms of the players themselves. Uh, you know, the two goals um the first one uh, has been a bit bit of a controversial one. Some people are very, very upset at the idea of this, but uh, Lewis Dunk um, made an, a horrendous piece of defending, in my opinion, for that goal. Um, he was caught between coming back to, to defend uh, and trying to intercept the ball, and instead did neither, and, and in the process of doing that, put himself out of commission by going to ground. Um, he was... He basically just made an awful individual error, in my opinion. Um, the pass from Telemans was superb. Don't get me wrong. The pass was excellent. Um, but it was a pass that could have been dealt with in one of two ways. Lewis could have followed his man or he could have successfully intercepted the ball. Lewis was caught in two minds as to which one he wanted to do, in my opinion. Um, and, and thus, neither was picked and it was able to, to slide straight through to Kelechi and Acho for the goal. Um doesn't matter, you know, I, nothing changes the fact that I like Lewis Dunk. Like, I think he had a, a pretty good game other than that yesterday. He he had Vardy in his pocket. We, we, we you know, we limited Jamie Vardy incredibly well. None of this is to say that uh, Jamie Vardy is, is, or like Lewis Dunk is not good enough. Um, you know, Jamie Vardy had one shot yesterday. Lewis Dunk had one shot. Like, he, he did a great job at keeping him quiet. I don't think that changes the fact that Lewis Dunk was responsible for that ball finding its way through to Inacio uh, so easily, um, and and all of a sudden it's one one and Leicester in the ascendancy. Um, what I do have an issue with is the substitutions yesterday. I thought all three of them um, were were not great. Uh, Steven Alzate came on um, for for Alexis McAllister. Um, we then moved to a a three at the back with with wing backs. Uh, Steven Alzate, as I've already told you numerous times. Um, is someone I really do not like at left wing back. I don't think he's strong enough uh, or, or defensively sound enough to play the left wing back role, especially uh, if we are going to have Dan Burn play next to him as that left-sided centre-half. Um, we simply do not have... That duo is simply not good enough at Premier League level. So bringing him on, if he was going to be a straight replacement for McAllister, um, that's one thing, uh, but he, he wasn't. Um and I, I, I don't think he was good enough at all yesterday. Um I thought Alzate was incredibly disappointing. Um then the second substitution comes along. Neil Mopai comes off. Uh Neil Mopai had an assist yesterday, uh was, you know, one touch away from having a good goal as well. Uh what did have a goal disallowed as well, uh, by a matter of, you know, half a foot, half a half a you know, half a foot, he, he, and he was on side. Um, and, and he was taken off for of Danny Welbeck, um, a player who proceeded to have four touches in 12 minutes. Uh, not good enough. Danny Welbeck is not good enough for this level. He will never be good enough at this level. He got Watford relegated last year, and he's looking like he's going to get us relegated this year. Why are we playing him? Why are we bringing him out there? When we have Andy Sakiri on the bench, we have Percy Tao on the bench, we have Jose Isquieto on the bench, why are we wasting our time with Danny Welbeck when, when Neil Mopar is playing so well? Um, I thought Neil Mopai did very well yesterday. Uh, I thought he linked the play up so well. Um, I think it was a very underrated performance uh, from Mopai yesterday. You know, I, I I do think there is something to the idea that he doesn't get as much uh, respect as he kind of deserves. Um, but Neil Mopai led the way yesterday in, in expected assists. Um, you know, he was a player that was well up there um, in terms of that kind of uh, output uh, in terms of chances created and and he was causing them generally quite a lot of problems at the back um you know Amati uh Fafana when we're, we're not having the best time against Neil Mopai um we know he's capable of running his socks off for, for 90 minutes so the decision to take him off to me uh when, when Leandro Trossard yesterday in my opinion was was absolutely diabolically bad Uh, zero xg zero xa no shots no 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 key passes um you know defensively he 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 offered very little as well um it was it was probably leandro trossard's worst performance i've seen in an albion shirt um in in this calendar year at the least um why he stayed on the pitch is beyond me um to me you know those first two substitutions, if we're going to make them, um, and you want to, to to go for a wing back, um, and you want to bring on somebody to play at that kind of different position, uh, you know, to me, you just you just don't. Frankly, um, I I think that deciding to to take off McAllister and and bring on Alzate as a wing back was was not the greatest choice I've ever seen. Um, I would have much preferred, you know, a straight swap uh, for McAllister, for, for Davey Proper, uh, For but We know he can play offensively. Uh, Jakob Moda, um, we could have played him there. If you're taking off uh, Leandro Trossard instead, keep Mopai on the pitch. Take Trossard off and bring in Percy Tau. Bring in Izquierdo. Bring in Moda again. Bring in Zakiri. Like, I don't understand. Like, why are you putting them up there? I don't get it. Like, I don't understand that substitution. And then in the 90th minute, we need a goal. Uh, we're pushing desperately for an equalizer, and uh, we take Bissouma off. Understandable, right? Uh, we, we take off our, our holding midfielder, um, and we take him off, and, and we turn around and say, okay, we're going to bring on a, another attacking threat. You have a, you have a bench of Davy Propper, Jakub Moda, Percy Tau, Andy Zakiri, Jose Izquierdo, I don't know if I just said him and Ali Rayza Yahambach. And you choose Ali Rayza Yahambach. Why? What? What on earth made Graham Potter decide that was the substitution to make? I don't mind Bisuma being taken off at all. I don't mind McAllister being taken off either. Um, despite the fact that I think Lalana looked dead. I don't, I don't mind those two being taken off. What I mind is the decision he made to bring on the two players that were just so shit. Why, why would you do that? To me, if I'm making those subs, and I, I, you know, I'm not the one paid a bajillion dollars, but at the end of the day, to me, the three substitutions that needed to be made were Adam Lallana because he was shattered, like so tired. The other substitution to make is Leandro Trossard. <clears throat> Trossard, excuse me, I'm coughing. Leandro Trossard, sorry, I coughed so much I had to mute the thing. Bring off Leandro Trossard, bring on somebody like Percy Tau, uh, somebody who is going to offer you a bit more up there. Um, and then the third one, you know, if you want to, uh, if you want to go a little bit more attacking, um, take off Pascal Gross. He's run himself into the ground. He's had a fine game, but he hasn't had he hasn't his set pieces have not been great because the players haven't been there to get on the end of them to so take him off we need paste and we need that cutting edge at the end there so to me like if I'm taking off players Pascal Gross Adam Lallana and Leandro Trossard are coming off the pitch coming on is Percy Tau for Trossard uh, Jakob Moda for Pascal Gross and literally anyone else. Anyone else for Lallana. Like, I, I don't mind. Jakub Moda, Percy Tau, Andy Zakiri. Put them all on the pitch. See what they can do. Andy Zakiri, Percy Tau, David Proper. David Proper, Jakub Moda, Percy Tau, Jose Izquierdo. I'm assuming he's on the bench to have match day preparation stuff um that that you know he hasn't had for a long time if he is remotely fit and you think he's actually match ready and he's not just taking up a spot for the sake of taking up a spot i would rather see his chiedo give it a go on one leg than your hand sh- give it a go um it just blows my mind that that was the decision made the starting 11 no complaints the substitutions hate them every single one of them i didn't like um and I like, I just don't get it. I was speechless yesterday when I was watching them be made. I didn't understand what the idea was. I'd love to know what the game plan was making them. Um, but it didn't work, clearly, because we were shocking. Um, the second goal... Uh, You know, comes right at the death. Once again, another set piece. Robert Sanchez uh, decides to claim the ball, miss it entirely, and Amati is able to slot it away. That was Albion's season in a nutshell when it comes to defending set pieces. Um, Matty Ryan uh, is is online on social media, liking tweets uh, of of kind of taking the piss out of Robert Sanchez. So much for a goalkeeper's union. Um, It's really showing who was the bad egg in the camp. Uh, really shows to me that Matthew Ryan was a piece of shit, uh, and and probably one of the issues behind the scenes. Um, because anybody who is, uh, you know, a colleague of someone else doesn't doesn't do that. Um, you know, I, I I would be flabbergasted if other goalkeepers in the Premier League were laughing at that. Uh, for the most part, you know, I, w- I would assume that. As that goalkeepers union that they they kind of, you know kind of put together, they would they would be the ones kind of backing him uh, on social media as opposed to tearing him down. Um, so I think that says a lot uh, about Matty Ryan, and uh, you know I think that really reinforces anybody's concerns as to why he left. Uh, that kind of behavior is why. Um, so you know, good riddance and uh, enjoy the Arsenal bench um, because that seems to be where you're destined to to stay. Um, the goal from. Adam Lallana was great, great finish, great pass from Mopai. Um, you know, I thought that we looked dangerous all the way through that first half. Uh, ben White, I thought, did a really good job of, of keeping Acho and Vardy quiet alongside Lewis. Um, I thought Pascal Gross played some great balls into the box. Uh, unfortunately, there just wasn't a great deal of height to do anything with it. Um, I thought that that save that Sanchez made was absolutely superb uh, from Tavares. Uh, I thought that was just awesome. Um, yes, it was a nice height for him, and and you know, it was uh, it was hit sweetly though, and and I saw a lot of people say it was hit close enough to him. Um, I disagree. I think that even if Tavares would have got it as far into that right hand corner uh, of the of the net as possible, I think Sanchez is saving it. Um, it just goes from a great class a great save to a world class one if he pulls that off, um, which I think he probably would have. Um, McAllister I thought was okay uh, you know it's it's astounding to me that Lalana came on and was so important, um, 4 shots, 2 on target, nobody else in the team had a shot on target he had 4 shots, nobody else had more than one, uh, key passes Pascal Gross left, led the way, shocker uh, with 4 key passes only Mopai and McAllister had a key pass each after that uh, with 1 and of course Mopai was for the goal um, defensively Dan Byrne led the way in tackles uh, with seven tackles, two interceptions, and a clearance. Uh, and the rest was all the midfield. McAllister and Adam Lalana uh, were second place with five successful tackles. This goes to show how high that press was for a long amount of time. Um, just really impressive stuff uh, from that from that group yesterday. I really thought McAllister and Lalana had a great game. Um, clearances. Lewis Dunk led the way with three. Uh, block shots. None. Um, there wasn't a single block shot to talk about. Uh, you know, I think that says everything you need to know. Um, Bisuma did a great job uh, of, of clearing up in that midfield. Two tackles, one interception. Committed a couple of fouls, most of them necessary. Uh, McAllister also committed a couple of fouls as well. Um, but I, I think that McAllister is, is coming on in leaps and bounds uh, in the way he is able to put himself about, get some stuff together. Uh, and, and caused some pretty serious problems. Um McAllister also led the way on pass accuracy with eighty five percent. Uh nobody else really came close uh in terms of passes uh than, than Lewis Duncan, Ben White. Leandro Trossard also was up there, my fault actually, eighty eight point five percent, uh with from twenty six passes. Um the problem with Leandros is they're all backwards or sideways, very Dale Stevens esque. Um and, and we went on and, and lost the game. Um you know there are three we could have been 3-0 up at half time truly could have been 3-0 up at half time Neil mopai holds that run for maybe half a second and we're 2-0 up adam lalana glances that header hop an inch and a half further to the right and it ricochets off the post and goes in and we're 3-0 up at half time and we don't have the problem we had in the second half and that once again is is the is the tale of our season um, I'm, I'm recording this just after the the Liverpool game, so Liverpool uh, have dropped another loss at home, so that's a big win for Fulham and three points gained. Uh, West Bromwich Albion and Newcastle were held to a nil 0 draw, which puts Newcastle above us by a point. Um, and and you know, in terms of the form table, uh, you know we are uh, we are in deep deep trouble. Um, we are if you if you look at those three teams now. Um, Newcastle, Brighton, and Fulham. Um, you know, it's 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 tough to to really argue that Brighton aren't the favourites to go down um, at this point. Uh, we do have a better goal difference than the other two, which is currently saving us from the bottom three. Um, but you know, the Newcastle are unbeaten in two. Uh, Fulham have just got a win away at Anfield, and um, and the Albion have lost three in a row, um, and those three have been. 2 1 against Crystal Palace, 1 0 against West Bromwich Albion, and 2 1 against Leicester. Um, We failed to get results against Burnley. We failed to get a result against Villa. Um, You know, we haven't won in our last five. Uh, Fulham have won three in their last six. You know, that's that's a huge amount of points gained. Um, And our next two games uh, are Southampton and Newcastle in the next two weeks. Uh, we do have a game in hand on Fulham, and that game is the Newcastle game. I would go as far as to say if we can't take four points from Southampton and Newcastle, specifically draw at Southampton, beat Newcastle, uh, I would say that we are done. I would really go as far as to say that the the rest of the season is, is looking like a funeral procession. Um, the next two games are, must, uh, are huge. They're, Newcastle is basically a cup final um we everything is at stake uh we are we still have the our fate in our hands um after next week we we might not um depending on the result um but you know even with with (laughs) we would need newcastle and Fulham to win next week uh and 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 us to lose for for that to be a case of like the fate is gone from our hands um and and for all the form that Fulham have been on which they have been they are playing Manchester City next who are a machine um, even though they're losing to Manchester United right now at their own place typically Um, but you know I I would uh, I would expect Fulham to lose that against Manchester City Uh, Newcastle uh, have a tough game against Aston Villa they'll be lucky to pick up points there uh, because Villa are are obviously a pretty decent side in that top 10 Um, but it's looking very grim at the minute um and you know i'm not gonna go into reasons why uh we're we're gonna go down at this point because these next two games are so stupidly crucial there's no real point in getting to doom and gloom um until until after we've played them uh and we start beginning that post-mortem uh, you know because if we were to lose our next two for example uh, odds are you know we're we're three or four points adrift and and the odds of that coming back is you know next to nothing um so if it was to be the case that's when we'll start that conversation um you know if we were to win our next two you know that puts us on 32 points that puts us definitely above Newcastle and and odds are it puts us three or f- or five points ahead of Fulham um and, and we become in a spot where we're feeling a little bit more safe again um going into the international break uh, but but the Albion games after that you know they 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 aren't easy um once we get out of that run uh, Manchester United Everton Chelsea uh, Leeds Wolves West Ham Manchester City and Arsenal are, are all games left to play um, you know after that Southampton and Newcastle game Sheffield United is the only game down there that you would see as one that we can really go and try and take a result from. Um, the rest are all against teams that are, are, are pretty good. Uh, so we would we really have our work out for us um, if, if we can't get points from our next two. So enjoy the rest of your week. It's going to be a long one because we now don't play until Sunday. Uh, hopefully that is time for us to, to pull our fingers out of our arses um, because we desperately need to. Um, the good thing for us is Fulham do play before us. So they will then be sitting two games ahead of us uh, come the 13th uh, after playing Manchester City. So, you know, there is very much a possibility that in the coming weeks, um, we may well or rather this time next week, you know, we may well be looking at it before the before the Southampton game. Uh, that Fulham have had their goal difference put down a little bit more by Manchester City Um, and, and, you know, they're sitting on 29 games played with 26 points and we're on 27 games played with 26 points and we have two in hand and they would be Southampton and Newcastle. So all hope is not yet lost. Uh, It isn't looking good though. Um, We simply must find a way to win uh, in these next two games And, and if we can, we can, uh, we can breathe a collective sigh of relief for the time being. Uh, if we cannot, then that's another problem altogether. I will speak to you all next week. Be safe. Have a good one.